welcome to this week's episode of The Homeschool How-To. I'm Cheryl, and I invite you to join me on my quest to find out why are people homeschooling? How do you do it? How does it differ from region to region? And should I homeschool my kids? Stick with me as I unfold the answers to each of these questions week by week. Welcome. Today with us, we have Becky from My Homeschool Village. Uh, Becky, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. So what I want to start out with is you said to me that you've been homeschooling for 20 years. And that's really cool because right now I feel like it's popular with parents becoming more aware after COVID what goes on in the schools. But you've been doing this even before that. So why don't you start out by letting us know how many kids you have, their ages, and what got you into homeschooling? Okay. Um, we have five children. We have t- They're 20 to 10. And our older two are now out and on their own and doing great. Um, but we had about, well, 20 years ago, we were living in the D.C. area, just outside of D.C. in Maryland. And it was time to send our kids to school. And I did not want to be a homeschooler. I will tell you that. I was looking forward to my kids leaving and giving me a break. Um, but when I went to go and look at the schools that we were in, we, the district we were in was one of the worst in the country, actually. It's Um, Prince George's County, which is one of the worst school districts. And we did not have a lot of options. So I was doing a lot of research. I was touring schools. I was looking at charters. I was looking at everything. And I, there was one thing I noticed as I was going through all of these schools and I was just praying, where do I put my five-year-old little girl? Where do I put my five-year-old little girl? And school after school, I, the one thing I noticed, it, it didn't depend on if it was private Um, charter, public, it didn't matter. There was one thing I noticed is that every child looked like they'd lost the light in their eyes. So I, I, here I had this child who was curious and happy and, you know, all children have this beautiful light in their eyes. And I would go into these schools and these kids looked like zombies. They could spout facts. They were speaking second languages. They were doing these things, but five and six-year-olds were walking around like, they had lost themselves and I just could not. And I prayed, prayed, prayed because I didn't want to homeschool. And I'll tell you, this is uh, my spiritual experience with this was I went on my knees and I said, what do I do? I think my child needs to be tough. If I homeschool her, will I overprotect her and she will not be tough and be able to deal with the real world? And a very clear answer came back and I heard, I have enough tough children. I need more sensitive children who can hear my voice. And I, uh, yeah, it's still every day, whenever I repeat that, it's still, I feel it over again. Um, But I am, I, I'm slow to learn. (laughs) And I argued (laughs) and I argued with uh, the Lord and I said, but they're these beautiful lights. I can't hide my lights under a bushel. I need to put them on a hill where they could share their light with others. And a very clear answer came back again. And he said, if you put a candle on a hill, it will be snuffed out in the wind. But if you build your candle into a bonfire, when you put that on a hill, the wind will spread the fire and build it. Keep them home, build a bonfire. And so that's what we did. So here we are 20 years later. And my only goal was to keep the light in their eyes. I just wanted that brightness. And it was interesting because I learned over time that I could be the one to snuff out that light. There were curriculums where they would start to lose some light and I had to pull them back. And there were um, pre ideas that I had that I was forcing into them and they would start to lose light and I would have to pull back. So over the last several years, all I did was focus on that little light in their eyes and if it was dimming or going brighter And now, interestingly enough, I get a comment that says, your children light up a room when they walk in. And I think, oh my goodness, that's all I prayed for. That's all I wanted. Wow. That's an amazing story. And I hear that a lot in my interviews, um, especially with the moms that say, "I, I prayed to God and an answer did come to me. So that's I love that. And as someone who, you know, I grew up Roman Catholic, we went to church, but I feel like, you know, my mom like balanced her checkbook at church. So we, (laughs) and then I kind of lost, you know, I had the little rebellious phase. And now that I'm in my, you know, I'll be 40 next year, I am bringing 
the Christianity back into our lives and, you know, making it work for us. And I am not, not shocked, but overwhelmed at how, how many things do come to us as answers when we ask for them. And I'm doing the same thing with, with my kids right now, you know, just tell me what I need to do. And this podcast kind of came to me like that. It was, well, if, if you are going to need to hear everybody's story, then you better put it in a podcast and, and do something with yourself. <laughs> yeah. Do something creative because I've been sitting at a in a cubicle for 15 years now and I think I need to be a little bit more creative. Um, so how was it getting into the homeschool world when not a lot of people were homeschooling, were they? Well, luckily in the D.C. area, there were. So the schools were so bad. You either, if you were a stay-at-home mom, you homeschooled. And if you were an wow. educate, if you were a working mom, you private schooled. Um, so I was a home. I stayed at home with my kids, so I homeschooled. Luckily, there was a woman um, that I was friends with through a church, and she had been homeschooling her older kids. And then she had this little straggler baby. She's about fifteen years older than me, but she had the straggler baby. It was the same age as my oldest. And I went to her and said, I, we've decided to homeschool help. And she just took me under her wing and we homeschooled her youngest and all of mine together. And she would just help me relax, chill, enjoy. You're not having enough fun. You need to do this better, you know? And she taught me the joy of homeschooling. And she really, and for 10 years, she just, we just shared homeschooling. Our kids were at each other's houses. We were doing lessons. We were doing co-ops. We later moved from Maryland. We're now in Utah. And um, that is actually one of the reasons we started my homeschool village because her, without her guidance, I don't know that I would have stuck out those first five years. They're kind of rough. And having a mom who said, no, 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 this is the worst part. Keep going. Kept me going. And so now I feel like I'm paying that forward. Her name was Rosalie. Now I want to I want to pay back what Rosalie did for me. She's retired and moved on and grandma and um but she was the reason I kept homeschooling and I want to help other moms get through those rough stages. They can be tough. Yeah, and as you were talking about when you'd see the light leave their eyes and you pulled back and, you know, figured something else out. I think that that's overwhelming for someone that hasn't delved um, into the actual day in the life of homeschooling, like in my household, because there are things that our kids do need to know, or aren't there? Maybe you'll have the answer to that. But things like multiplication tables, you know, that can seem very dry. Um, sure, there are more fun ways to do them and this and that, but how do you know we've got to find a different way to teach this so that the light is still in your eyes? Or... Like, is everything, can everything really be put into a fun way to learn it? Uh, No. (laughs) No, but, but it can be done in a way that works for the child. So I have five kids. Every single one of them learned to read with different systems, have done math with different systems because, you know, Oldest children, I thought homeschooling was a piece of cake after my oldest. She taught herself to read at four. She's working on math. She's begging, right? And well, child number two comes along. They're only 12 months apart. And I'm thinking, well, you should be on the same schedule as your sister. But no, she wouldn't even read till she was eight. No interest. Refused. I had her tested. I thought she was dyslexic. I I went, I was panicked. Turns out she just didn't care. Like, why, mom? (laughs) So um, once she decided she was ready to read, she learned it in like two months. And then she refused to write till she was 14. She just wouldn't. And so I had to back off. She's now 19 and writing chapter books and loves writing, but didn't write a thing until she was 12 to 14. Like other than like a sentence I would make her copy. Would you push her to do it or did you just say, okay, this is your style and I'm going to let you take the reins and then it came (laughs) to her naturally and she learned to love it? I did not know that if I backed off and let her do it, she would learn. I was sure that my, with all the judgment from the world, I assumed I was failing my child. That was my first assumption. Second assumption was Mm -hmm. there's a problem here. She needs to be fixed. Um, both were wrong. It took me years and years and a lot of panic and tears to figure that out, which is one of the reasons I help moms now. And I can, I can show you now, uh, because it happened with all my kids in different phases after that. But what I learned was, okay, we, we made deals. What we learned to do was negotiate. I would say, look, you have to read, write, and math. 
how do you want to do it? So with each child, we negotiated. I would, so this child wanted books for math and we would go through the books together. This child wanted a computer program that would teach them and keep mom out of it. Okay. And then another child would need a teacher and I would trade with another homeschool mom and um, barter or hire a tutor. Like my 17 year old right now is with a tutor because he refuses to do it with me or her, his dad. He's the third child. So each child just needed their own way. But we would say, what's non-negotiable is you're going to learn reading, writing, math, science, history. You're going to do it. You get to decide what and how. And then we would work with them. But it required renegotiating with each child. And what was interesting is, you know, back to prayer, how quickly God answers my prayers for my children. When it comes to me, I have to fight for every answer. But when it comes to my kids, ideas would come. And I would just go, okay, this child's driving me crazy. He refuses to learn. He won't. He's fighting me. And I would get an answer. Try this. And, and it always worked. And so um, I did learn very quickly to trust that inspiration. And that's something I like to help moms do is trust their gut, their inner voice, their inspiration from on high, that it's right. And, and that's so important. See- the internet really ruined kind of the experience of the human to God relationship because now people just go on Google. Yeah. Like, yeah. Google, what do I do in this situation? But before we would ask God and then he'd answer and you'd, you know, that's kind of interesting. interesting I never thought about point that. Of view. Um, I have a couple questions before we get into kind of how you came to, to um, create my homeschool village, but with your children, um, how did they socialize with others? That's a big fear of the homeschooling, um, you know, to, to scare people out of homeschooling. I feel like now it's more just a tactic to scare you out of doing it. How did your kids socialize and, you know, what sort of sports and activities did they do? Um, well, at first I fell into the, they need to be involved in all kinds of sports and activities to socialize. And we started to go crazy. Like our, it's expensive. Um, it was hard on our budget. It was hard on our time. We started to um, nag at each other at home more the more we were out w- with public. Luckily, we were on a tight budget and had to pull back and couldn't do a lot of sports and things. And what I discovered was um, I needed to be social. So I would find homeschool moms with kids about the same age as my children, and we would just do play dates. And what we did is we would trade. Like, I'm, I'm a, I'm a barter. I like creating programs that work for me. So I would volunteer mom and say, Hey, why don't you bring me your kids on Thursday and I'll watch them and we'll work on some, you know, we'll read some books and stuff. And then you take mine on Tuesday and, and then our kids would be together two days a week. So we did it that way. When we joined co-ops that were full of kids, I found my children came home with worse behavior problems than when we found small families that we could just trade with. So I learned very quickly that children in large groups are not well-behaved. They're just not. And that was not what I wanted my kids to learn. But when we were in small groups, and I gave that mom permission to correct my children, and she gave me permission to correct hers, we would watch, we'd stay nearby and correct social behaviors as they came up. Little bitties. So as mothers, we were correcting behaviors as they came so that they were well-behaved, they were well-socialized, they they were working with older, they were working with younger, they were working with all ages. Whereas send them to a co-op and be with all these kids, they were coming home with bad words and things that, even in co-ops and homeschool situations, once you put groups, large groups of children together, it doesn't work. So it was very hands-on. For a long time. And then did they do sports as they got older or just? My kids don't do sports. We are really awkward. <laughs> just because we don't, we're not, we don't have that. Um, so when I asked always... the question, are your homeschooled kids weird? You'd say, yeah, but it's all right. We embrace it. <laughs> uh, well, you know, what's funny is one of the compliments I get a lot is I can't believe your kids are homeschooled. They don't seem homeschooled. And my next question is, what do you mean by that? Um, but what I've discovered is whether your kids are homeschooled or public schooled, your children will turn out like you period. Oh, interesting. So my husband and I are very social. We're a part of the community. We love our neighbors. We're out talking and doing and volunteering. And so our children are too. And so our children are actually less socially awkward than public schoolers in the area. 
They tell me, moms, public schoolers are weird. They won't get off their phones. They won't look you in the eye. They don't know how, they don't walk up straight. They hide. They're embarrassed. Those are all things my kids are like, why would you be embarrassed in front of large groups of people? I don't get it. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, it, your children turn out like you. If you're recluse, your children will be completely the same way. So I, I always think it's kind of funny. I think, well, if you're weird, your kids will be weird. Maybe you just need to realize it's you're the weird one. I mean, I my kids that. are as that weird is- as I am. <laughs> yeah. So- and, and own it. Like, everybody's weird. Just own who you yes. are and forget worrying about weird or not weird. Yeah, especially after COVID where the kids were forced to be in classrooms six feet apart, plexiglass, masks on, can't talk to Mm -hmm. each other. I mean, what is that doing for them, really? Because we don't know that that won't happen again down the line. Well, I have to tell you, I had a really interesting comment from my 13-year-old a few weeks ago. So now that because of COVID, all these new public school children are coming into their co-op. And she made a comment about, the you know, it's changed the way the homeschool groups have been. It's changed the dynamic. And I asked her, she, she made a comment about, well, yeah, but they're the, they're the public school kids. Something about, I don't remember what it was. And I said, what do you mean the public school kids? How can you tell? And I'm thinking, I was afraid she was being judgmental. And I'm like, oh boy. And she said, well, you can tell who was public schooled because um, they're scared all the time. They refuse to speak up. They, they don't want to say anything. And they don't know what to do with when we have free time. I said, wait, wait, what? <laughs> she said, the public school child, when it's like free time, everybody, a homeschool kid has a plan of what they want to do during that free time. And the public school kids were lost. They did not know what yeah. to do with those words. So I thought that was a fascinating observation. Yeah, that plays into what you had said when you visited the schools, when your daughter was five and you just saw the light not in these children's eyes. And, uh, and, and you can see as they grew up, you know, it remained not in their eyes too. Like they, and I, I think I felt that way. I was public schooled and I was always afraid to speak up in class. You know, you'd get made fun of or bullied and, you know, um, I definitely can see that. So what made you come up with my homeschool village and create that? And where, where did the idea even come from? And then tell us a little bit about what it is. Okay, uh, my homeschool village. So a friend of mine, actually, I met her online. We didn't even meet in person until two months ago, but we've been business partners for years. So we met online through a business group. We were both homeschool moms and something just kept drawing us to each other. We just started messaging and phone calling each other. She's homeschooled for 20 years. She has special needs children. Um, I'd homeschooled for 20 years and we realized we had all this knowledge that we wanted to share. But what one of my, um, so we're, we're business partners, her name's Heather. Um, one of my biggest strengths that I learned through homeschooling is creating group discounts. I couldn't afford ballet lessons. So I would um, call the homeschoolers in the area. I would and call the place and say, hey, if I can bring you 10 students, will you give us all half off if we could do it during a time when you don't have other people? And I could negotiate with these Perfect. companies. And then I would call the other homeschoolers and we'd create a group and we'd all get a discount. And I would always get mine free because I brought in the group. So I did this over and over again. I got them gymnastics this way. I got them ballet this way. I got them. So I got them all kinds of stuff that way. And when my kids were older, now that they're older and they don't need me so much, in homeschooling, older children are on their own. Like, I don't do much anymore. Um, Now I realized I, I can do this. How can I help more homeschoolers homeschool with less money? with more resources. So when you would go into, say, for IXL.com is an online program for um, schools use them. A lot of schools use them, reading, writing, math, um, science, and history. Uh, I really like them. There's a reading eggs. There's math seeds. Anyway, there's all these programs that are great online homeschool stuff that schools use as well. Well, IXL is $20 a month per kid. I'm thinking, well, that's great. It only covers four subjects. There's $100 a month for my five kids. Now I still want these other programs, a typing program. Well, that's $9.99 a month per kid. And then there was a computer program. Well, that's $10 a month per kid. And so I realized schools aren't paying what homeschoolers are paying. We're paying for individual children. Schools are getting discounts. So I started calling the companies. And I said, what if I could bring you in 300 students? What would you, what would it cost then? 
And they started, I started negotiating with all of these companies saying, look, you're doing it for the schools, do it for the homeschoolers. Just do it under me. You know, they would, they don't want to work with individuals. They want to work with one company. So last summer we spent just calling a hundred companies and found our top favorite six companies that are working with us, that we love their programs that are safe for kids. They haven't been any kind of bad ads. I've had a lot of bad experiences with free learning apps for kids. Many of them will lead to pornography. So many of them. So yeah, that's been a, that's a whole nother story. Um, so anyway, so we negotiated this and now we have got all of these companies in one program, which is a membership, because it's the way they sign up, right? But you can now homeschool all of your children, I don't care how many you have, for $47 a month. So wow. whether it's one or 10 kids, it's 47 a month, but you get IXL, reading eggs, math seeds, a creative bug, which is all your arts and programs and type C. So we've created an entire curriculum by using those programs that are already made and passed. And, um, but then we negotiated the price that the schools are getting and then we pass it on to the homeschooler. So wow. that's what we decided. We basically, Heather and I created the program we were looking for for 20 years. Um, we have support group. We have lives every day. We have women in there that are teaching homesteading and herbal remedies. And we, we it's just this amazing sisterhood now of women passing information and passing resources and sharing and they're meeting up you know we it the group breaks into area and we have women that have become best friends because they didn't know of each other till they got in the group joined the state or city they were in and now they're talking all the time and creating co-ops and so we're connecting homeschoolers we're providing the resource at an affordable price uh, and and then just this week actually we just made a deal with chromebooks so we are able to get Chromebooks at a huge discount, just like the schools are getting. And we're passing that on to our wow. homeschoolers. So that's what we do. I'm constantly looking for the next company that will work with us. And then as our group's growing, we're able to get lower and lower prices. And we're passing those on. Okay, so give me an example. Say I signed on with you. My son starts kindergarten in September. What does my day look like as a member of my homeschool village? So the, the way we created this, and it's, it's actually kind of a buffet. So for a kindergartner, we'd actually send you to just our kindergarten program. We have a preschool kindergarten program. It's $25 a month. And it has a daily activity, a letter. We even have a woman in there goes once a week who um, does activities on Zoom with the kids, which is really adorable. Um, but your day really looks like you get up, you... And, and this is how my days look like every morning, actually. My kids wake up when they wake up. I'm, I think it's important that they sleep all they need. And when they're up, they play a little bit. Um, we have breakfast and then they get started on their homework. And they get on the computer and they do. They go through it. I've got them all tabbed. They each have their own computer. It's all tabbed. They go and click, do their IXL math, do their reading, do their type C. One lesson a day, one hour later, maybe two for my older kids, they're done. They do a job in the house. They Everybody has to help keep the house clean and they're free for the rest of the day. So by lunch, they're done. And, um, and then the, the, as long as they don't fight, they're free. So I, cause I tell them all the time, if you fight, you clean. So if, when they fight, I get something cleaned <laughs> and they know it. I've even heard them sometimes go, shh, I don't want to clean the bathroom. You guys be quiet. <laughs> Let's not fight. So they've learned to How fix that. How great is that? <laughs> But yeah, we're done by noon and then we do arts and crafts and read books and go places. And sometimes they're just up in a tree reading a book. So we're pretty free. Oh, that's awesome. So so I could start um, at $25 and just do this kind of kindergarten curriculum and mm-hmm. and get everything covered that I need to, like whatever. Yeah. I know that in New York, I don't have to like register him. Um, as a kindergartner, but in first grade, you have to start sending quarterly reports. Now you're in Idaho, so right? You're Utah, Utah, Utah. But we have actually already created because New York is the hardest state to report in. I've actually already created a video with New York's form, exactly what they New York's form, and I've already filled it out for you with our program. All you have to do is copy paste, 
and send it in. Wow. So there'll be some things you'll have to add in individually. But yeah, we are currently working yeah. on doing that for every state. I, there's not a lot of states that require that kind of reporting, maybe five or six. Um, so we are working on... you know on, they're reading them, you know. Oh, <laughs> they're which really is reading totally... Yeah, I know, it. right? <laughs> so much. So that's why we've literally created it. Like you just have to download the PDF and then add in a couple of things that might be just for you and you're done. Like that's how much help we're giving in here. I had one woman call me and say, my school's giving me a hard time. And I was like, all right, give me the name of the school. I got the name of the school. I started making phone calls, called the district, reported the school for for mistreating someone who wanted to homeschool um, because it's not okay. It's not allowed. And the district was sweet. I did all the research. I sent it back. I said, here's the person you need to talk to. Forget the school. I've already reported the bad behavior. Here's what you need to do. And she just did it. So we'll make... We're making phone calls all the time. I'll, I offer to testify in court for divorce cases when dad's like, no, not happening. I've had people submit our program in court and be approved to say, no, this is a great program. We're going to, you need to leave mom alone. She's doing a great job. Oh, so we're here amazing. to fight for you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, and just to, to have, that's such a great idea. We have all of the state requirements and this is what mm-hmm. you need to send because that's what I've been asking my guests because everybody's from a different state. So I'm, I'm like, tell me about your reporting requirements. Cause I think in New York, we just think this is everywhere, you know? Oh, of course you have to, to send out a letter of intent and explain what you're doing with your child. And then every three months say, this is what we've done with our child. And everyone says the same thing. No one ever calls me back. No one ever tells me that they received it. Anything. Um, I did see the other day on, on Facebook that somebody said that they were uh, um, homeschooling and they actually sent the authorities to their house. They had to actually show them, no, this is what I'm doing with my kid. And they showed that they sent the school an email and and they were were smart about it and said, please confirm that you received this. And and the school did, but it's like, how crazy there's so much else going on in the world. Is that really what they're worried about? But, um, so I guess it is, it is important that we are aware of the laws and what's going on. So you having that resource on your website for parents to look at is invaluable really. Cause well, and we, you know, if they really wanted to come after homeschoolers, we could slip through the cracks so easily. Well, and we do have even, um, there's a lot of backup for homeschoolers legally. So we hook you up with the backup if you need it. We have done, um, there's actually secrets to filling out those forms. Um, I'm, I care, I'm careful saying it out and about online, yeah. <laughs> but there are, right. there are secrets. And really, you really just need to keep track in case you get some psycho who reports you as an abuser. They, it happens occasionally. And you have the backup. That's just to protect you later in the line. But it's not about what the, the state requires. It's about what are they following up on. So you'll have states. Every state has a huge list of requirements. Very few ever follow up. And so you've got to ask your other homeschoolers in the area, how often have they come after you? How often have you had to report you know, because they're overwhelmed. And I actually had a woman in Maryland, we had to report every six months, we had an interview, I had to show the work. Um, And finally, one woman said, look, the bottom line is, is there's more homeschoolers than we have people to check in on things. So we keep it all in a form in case you get reported for child abuse, then we have something to hold over you. But if you don't get reported, we don't have the manpower. And I thought, right, oh, that's, that's good to know. Tell me about the trends that you've seen over the 20 years with homeschooling. Because like I said, a lot of people are new to homeschooling. It's had a, a big baby boom here. But what have the trends been? Did it? Do you see it like it just recently got huge too? And when? how long ago did you start um, My Homeschool Village? Um, so my, wow. Okay. <laughs> That's a lot. Um, so the trends in I homeschooling... Know. Honestly, over the last 20 years, it used to be such a, we, we used to be a very quiet, protective, um, because we were attacked so much and the whole world misunderstood a homeschooler. And so it used to be a very almost careful group. We're a very close knit group, or it used to be. It used to be where we just kind of bonded together. We're like, oh, you're a homeschooler, me too. And it was kind of like that. Now, since COVID and it's just blown up, I've seen a slight change. 
there's a lot of people in homeschooling who've been homeschooling for so long and all of a sudden there's an invasion feel. Yeah. So our co-ops have changed. They're not these quiet moms bonding together. What's happened is a lot of moms are coming in and trying to dump their kids on us is what I've seen. So you have your new homeschool moms are coming in and like, oh, I want to be a part of this. And and they're great and they join. And then you have the moms that are like, oh, there's a co-op here. Go, go take care of my kids. And so mm-hmm. there's been kind of a little bit of a contention, I think. Animosity. A yeah. little bit on both sides because the new ones are coming in going, God, you guys are clicky. And the older ones are coming in going, whoa, whoa, yes. whoa. You, we've, we've been fine until now. And and so it's it's meshing is what it's doing. And I think it's meshing in a good way. The homeschoolers are realizing this is a great thing. And if not, they do their own thing anyway. And it's... It's becoming, I think, a very beautiful mesh as the world is being okay I've with it. I've even seen that. I've even seen that in New York. And as someone who I don't homeschool, but I've been, yeah, but I've been bringing my son, especially when we pulled him from daycare, when they started masking the three-year-olds, I wanted him to be around kids. So we brought him to um, the play groups and I definitely felt that different play groups had different things. One was a mom that was going to homeschool her child at anyway and um she was happy to have new people coming in and then another group that had been meeting for years you definitely felt the like invasion you know that you and and your friends are now invading us now you know you think it's like the cool thing to do and i totally get that because these moms have bonded over the years they had a way that they wanted their kids to grow up and then when these people come in because it's like trendy I can see how that would be a little bit, you know, make them a little perturbed. However, if you show up a couple of times and, you know, have them know, learn who you are, they are very welcome. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's just that initial, um, who, why, what are you doing here? What is your intention? Yeah. Well, and there's even, um, I think there, there's the attitude, there's an interesting attitude point of view. Homeschoolers group according to religious beliefs. Um, cultural beliefs sometimes so they tend to break off that way a little bit um sometimes and public schools are used to hey everybody's welcome which is great and and we want that but at the same time if you come in as an atheist to a christian group and start pushing your beliefs christian homeschoolers are going to go no 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 this is why we left the public school system so we could do it the way we want to do it so i highly recommend to all women if you're not feeling like you belong there, there's been a lot of co-ops. I'm like, mm, not really our vibe. Let's try another one. It's important to remember that it's okay to look until you find your people. You don't, don't force your way in. Just go find your people or create your own group. Or I think, I think it's important to find your own group, start your own group of women that maybe are in the same boat. And I think you'll have a more successful homeschool co-op that way. Absolutely. Um, start, And I've thought of that too. Like well, we could start because the ones that we have around here that I found so far are, are more um, parents are there the whole time. And, you know, and that's great. But like what you had said earlier, if I just want like a day, a few hours to myself, there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, you watch them on Thursdays. I'll watch them on Tuesdays and I'll do whatever curriculum, you know, I'm working on with your kids too. So it's not like we're even losing the time of the learning. And it might be helpful for the kids to learn together as well. Like, oh, that's how they do it there. That's interesting. Hey, mom, why don't we try this? I liked how, you know, Chase was doing it at his house. So, um, and, and I, now that I know moms that are, you know, working and they don't want their kids in the school system, even, even private schools. And I'd like to be able to help them out. So whether that's, you know, eventually creating some form of school forestry, I know, um, that would be something cool, like learning how really have the focus, learning how, like survival skills, that sort of thing. So that's another reason that I started the podcast. Cause I'm like, let's just see all the different ideas that people have yeah. And, you know, what's worked and what hasn't and what ideas have I not thought up? That, yeah. And that's that's perfect, I think. Which, by the way, inside my homeschool village, one of my favorite courses that we offer is an emergency preparedness slash survival skill course, which was actually created by a neighbor of mine who is a national expert 
on survival skills. He travels the country showing people how to prepare for emergencies, showing them how to live off the land. And he's given me all of this stuff and it's in there. And we've tied it into YouTube videos and things, but like if you go through all of that course and you keep all of that, even if you just print it out and put it in a folder in case, you know, an Armageddon, his class will give your kids such, you and your kids such confidence. My kids love it. We use it for science. They can build fires without matches. They can, they're using knives, you know, they're, um, they know how to stay warm in a freezing cold outdoor, no heat. So um, anyway, that's in there too. We're big fans. That's awesome. So, okay. So what does that look like? Like if I wanted to, how old would my kid need to be to be age appropriate for that? And is that like a less, do you have these courses that you would sign up for at the beginning of the school year? How does that work? So the courses are part, all of it is just inside the membership. We're, we add a new course every month and it's just included. There's no extra cost. Um, every once in a while we do have to raise the price because our costs go up and we raise the price as little as possible, maybe $10 a month here and there. Um, but right now those courses come in and there's quite a few that just mom can take. Last night we read book number one in the Tuttle Twins series, Learn About the Law. Sometimes I make meals for families when the dad loses a job or the mom is sick. That seems really nice, but what does that have to do with the government? Ethan asked. Well, nothing, Fred said. I help people because I want to. But the government forces me to help people too. And just like that, the bad guys in government take my things and give them to others without my permission. Sometimes they take things to keep for themselves or give away to their friends instead of helping the needy, Fred told them. They sound like pirates, Ethan said. Yes, Ethan, pirates steal things. That's called plunder. And if bad guys in government do it, we call that legal plunder. If a law lets the government do something I'm not allowed to do, then it's not a true law, Fred said. True laws protect people and their property from plunder. Fred explained, when true laws exist and are respected, people work hard to improve their lives and they work peacefully with others. Everyone prospers together and is happier. But when the law lets people plunder, it turns everyone against each other. I only recommend things to my listeners that I actually use myself. And we read the Tuttle Twins books all the time. I did that well before I had a podcast, and I will continue doing that as they get older. The concepts that they learn in these books on their level is invaluable. I asked the Tuttle Twins to partner with me to give my listeners 40% off for the products ages 5 through 11 because I believe these values are important. Use my link, tuttletwins.com slash R-E-F slash C-H-E-R-Y-L with coupon code Cheryl40, that's C-H-E-R-Y-L, the number 4 and 0, to get 40% off all products for ages 5 through 11. If you get the combo pack like I have, which is 13 books, that's $105 value for $63, plus printable workbooks with activities to go along with each book. Tuttletwins.com slash R-E-F slash C-H-E-R-Y-L and put in my coupon code C-H-E-R-Y-L-4-0 for 40% off. We have a homesteading expert who currently homesteads and she comes in every week and coaches people on how to create their own homesteads. So it's not, I mean, homeschooling isn't just about making sure your children have what the government requires to graduate high school. It's about educating the family. So in really the uh, emergency preparedness survival course, the herbal remedy course and the homesteading course are very much for mom. And you can do it with your children if you want. My kids love it. My kids have done most of it. Um, But so so you can do it just on your own as a mom or you can wait till your kids are old enough and do it together. So that's why there's not really an age on it. It's really about how much you want to put into it. Okay. So you could sign up for it at any point throughout the year and it would take about a month to complete the course? Um, Yeah, it just depends on how fast you want to go through it. Okay. All right. So it so that's up to to the person taking the yeah. course. And if you gotcha. want more okay. information, right. yeah. But yeah, all of it is start at any time. Homeschoolers don't after you've been in for about 5 years, we don't care what the school system schedule is. I homeschool year round because I think taking 3 months off is ridiculous. I think a child should be learning all the time. Why would you stop just because yeah. the weather got warm? So, and it's a great motivator in the <laughs> summer. You don't go swimming till your homework's done. And it only takes them an hour or two anyway, so they might as well get it done before they play with friends. So it's a great motivator. So we do it year round. 
And then you guys are offering um, a promotion right now if people sign up for my homeschool village, right? If through the homeschool how to using the code how to 50, um, is that 50% off for the first year? Yes. So we are um, offering 50% for the first year, but that is actually the $47 a month because the course is $98 a month. So okay. the promotion is what I was telling you. So it's the $47 a month is the promotion. It's $98 a month regularly. Um, but also when you sign up right now, you can get a Chromebook for $135 instead of $200. And that's for members only. So we have that as well on top of it. If you're looking, you can get as many wow. Chromebooks as you need at that price. Um, so yeah, so it's 50% off for the year. That's awesome. Okay, so that's at myhomeschoolvillage.com and use code HOW250, H-O-W, numbers 250, HOW250. Yeah. Um, and I will put that in the description for the show notes as well. Uh, so if I signed up and I wanted to do my homeschool village curriculum from you know kindergarten through 12th grade, would I need other stuff too throughout the year in order to fulfill the New York state requirements or any state's requirements? Or could we really just use your program to like, that's it. You've already done all the work. Right. We've done it all. There's a wow. few and, and we're adding in things that you want. There's a finance class for teens coming up with investments and stocks and mutual funds and all that kind of stuff. We're working on um, an economics class right now. So there's there's a lot still coming in. But yeah, it covers every all the requirements. Now, I don't believe that we can cover everything. The, the beauty of a homeschool is because you can get the requirements done in a couple of hours. There's more you can teach. So we obviously cannot cover the entire world and all that your child should be able to want to know, but we do cover everything that is required for graduation. Right. But we we're also including languages that I'm actually in about an hour talking to someone right now to, to include a language program so that we can so you your kids can do that as well. That's good to know that I can I can rest assured that they're getting everything that they need to meet the requirements and then the rest of it can just be the fun stuff that we do together. Yes. The way we put it is we take care of the have to's so you can get to do the want to's. As a mom, I hate oh, having beautiful. to do the have tos. I hate being the one going, get your math done. You know, I want to go, let's go check out the museum that's, that's open and has this new exhibit. I want to be the one that says, hey, let's go get out our magnifying glasses and go on a walk and check out what herbs are growing around us. You know, I want to I be that mom. So we have taken off the hard stuff, all the things that you have to get your kids through. And by setting it up the way we recommend, your children will do it on their own. Like you're only there if they have so, questions. Okay, that's what I was going to ask you next is do I sit there and assist him with it online or no, you're, the program is online and, and it's, they can do it on their own. They just come to us when they need us. Yeah, my kids, I have four computers right here along a wall. And so I work, I can see all their computers. And as they work, I work and then they ask questions as they go. And, and it's really easy. Now, there's a disclaimer here. Homeschooling, so when you public school your child, the beginning years are really easy when you're sending them to school. And the late years are hard because of the homework and the running around and, and the social and all that stuff. When you homeschool, it's the opposite. Your early years are hard while they're learning to read, write, mm -hmm. and basic math. Those basics that they have to learn mm -hmm. in order to teach themselves are your hardest times when they're little and they're running around. But as they get older, every year gets easier. So the, by the time they're 12, like my 11, my 10-year-old, uh, we sit and read a book. Everything else he's pretty much doing on his own now. So by the time they're 10, 11, 12, mm -hmm. they should be independent. My teenagers now are doing internships and jobs and really pursuing interests that are towards careers that they want to do because yeah. they know who they are now. So... That's the disclaimer is the early years before the age of eight are your toughest years. And then it, it yeah. gets much easier as you go. How, how do your teenagers find out even what jobs there are out there? I mean, I, my nephew's 17, my neighbor's son is 17. So it's, they're at that brink where they're like, what do I go to school for? And I remember thinking when I was that age and even now, like there wasn't a class that just listed these are all the jobs in the world. Or like even these are the 
areas you can get into and then let's trickle down and see all the jobs involved. Like for instance, my husband's a commercial HVAC technician. I would have said like, oh, so you fix like window unit air conditioners, that's boring. But when he talks about it and he's like, no, I'm fixing chillers that are the size of our house and they're on rooftops or they're in basements and, you know, they're going through crawl spaces and I have to get, um, you know, contract with a company to get a crane up there because we have to switch out this part and we have to weld this and we're working with electricians. It's like, wow, there's so much more. And I feel like that is just non-existent in the schools like they're definitely not in the trades that they're pushing to say like hey you're you know a plumber isn't just cleaning out like toilets (laughs) there's so much more involved what does your program offer anything to expose kids to what's out there um not so much the program as coaching we coach all the time in there by the way um one of the things that we do as homeschoolers is when the plumber comes to our house our kids are here and Mm. I I bring the kids in. I'm like, hey, are you okay if I let my kids watch? And they're like, sure. Do you mind if they ask questions? Sure. So I bring my kids in and I make, like, they'll ask questions. I actually don't have to ask them to ask questions. They're so naturally curious anyway. And they'll sit there and, like, interview the plumber. And they'll interview the air conditioning guy. And they'll interview the guy that, you know, one time we had a guy come in and fill our entire attic full of, you know, and fix our house and check the airflow. And I was like, do you mind explaining to my kids what you're doing? He gave them a whole science lesson. It was beautiful. My kids were just enthralled because he showed them the air and the... So what we really do is we're just, they're with us all the time and we're discussing. And I'm always showing, okay, how do you think he got in his career? What made him a plumber? You know, you know, owning a business as a plumber is not about it. So we discuss so much and because they're with me so much, we're, I just, we've just learned to observe the world out loud. And so our children observe the world out loud and we, and they are not afraid to ask an adult, why are you doing that? What made you want to do that? And what's interesting, they're learning who's happy in their career. There's learning who's not happy in their career. They're learning that there are so many options. They've also learned they don't want to sit at a desk eight hours a day. They want to find something that gives them more, the same freedom they've had in homeschooling which I've really enjoyed mm-hmm. watching where they're going with that. Because their dad's an engineer. He sits at the desk all day. Mom's an entrepreneur. She's in and out. She's got the freedom. And they're all going, hmm, entrepreneurship is <laughs> starting to look really good. Poor dad looks like a slave. So they're, they're mm-hmm. observing. And we just discuss all day. And there's so much learning in that. Yeah, I definitely agree with that i it's it's so funny because it's just in learning about the trades the little bit i know now you know that i married my husband and he happened to be in that field how little they talk about that in school and if they Mm -hmm. do like in new york it's called the boces program and it gives like it it never highlighted it as these wonderful things you can get into to make the world go round and you know these things that we need and uh it's just kind of you know the lost art and then if, if we don't have people getting into those sorts of careers, we're kind of, as a country, <laughs> not in good shape, yeah. you know? And you mentioned the economics course and, like, the real world, like, investments. I don't remember learning about that mm-hmm. in school either. Like, an overview of, like, supply and demand, you know, we, we touched on, but actually how the stock market works and, you know, really how it just trickles down. It's so important. Um, You had mentioned before we came on that you had questions for me. (laughs) Have you thought of any that you didn't ask? Um, Well, no, I'm curious. Uh, I think, I don't know, I haven't listened to all your podcasts, but I think it's important that people see where you're coming from. Where, because I assumed you were a homeschooler and had been homeschooling for some time, you know, because you're talking about homeschooling. You rarely find someone who's not homeschooling who's interested. And so it, as a homeschooler, I'm, I'm appreciative of that. It's so nice. So what got you started in this? I bet you don't get to say that very often on your podcast. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell little bits here and there um, because I just, when my, I, I just like you, never thought I would homeschool. I mean, I have this government job and the, each, everybody talks about the pension, the pension, the pension, and oh man, you're going to have a good pension with that. You're going to have good, you know, and um, so you're kind of like, I think they program us on purpose, just society programs us on purpose to think about retirement 
And I wonder if that's by design. You know, I'd have to really sit and ponder that a little bit more. I'm sure it is because um, I, I remember uh, there was like a local radio station and, and a guy had called in years ago and he said, when do you think the golden years are? And the DJs are like, oh, you know, maybe 60s, 65, maybe 70s. And he goes, it's right now. It's right now, if you're home and you're healthy, he goes, I got a cancer diagnosis and I thought I was going to live out my retirement comfortably. And that has all changed. And, you know, we, th- we all know somebody with cancer, somebody that died young. And so I guess now that I have, you know, I had kids later in life and now that I'm just sending them into these establishments and then they're saying, well, we're going to put a mask on their face at three years old when my son's learning, trying to learn proper speech. It's like, I'm sorry, you're going to what? <laughs> no, I'm his parent. I say no. Mm-hmm. And they're saying, well, we don't care what you say as his parent. The government said we have to. But just the New York government, because you can drive 10 minutes away to Vermont and he wouldn't have to wear a mask. And I think that's when I started going, what in the hell? (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) It is my child. I choose how I want him to be brought up. And you can't... You can't tell me they need to be masked here and 10 minutes away. He doesn't like that doesn't make any if things make sense. I'm willing to go along with them. But if if we can critically think and say that doesn't make any sense, then there's no reason to do it. And um, especially when kids hadn't been masked the whole thing of COVID. And I'm like, all right, well, show me the daycare providers and the teachers that died because their students passed it to them. Show me the statistics. And if those are high, then my son will wear a mask because I do not want his daycare provider to get COVID and die. But show me the statistics. You can't. You can't. They're not there. I looked. They're not there. So there's no reason other than political whatever that Cuomo and Hochul, you know, wanted to push through in New York. So that's when I was like, nope. (laughs) anything the government touches turns to crap and you're going to take your hands off my child. I think we have to figure out some different ways. So it's been kind of this like mourning period of like, do I have to leave my job? I mean, they put me through the ringer during COVID anyway. I mean, with if you have conservative values and you didn't want to wear a mask and if you didn't want to get the COVID vaccine, you basic, I mean, I was, the way I was talked to from people turned in Like, I mean, it brought you back to like feeling like I understand how people were brainwashed in the 40s to turn in their neighbors because you people have been brainwashed to turn me in for talking to someone without a mask on. I mean, someone I hang out with outside. So all of that, I was just like the anxiety that was caused at my place of employment. Um, It's it's like this isn't worth it. These are supposed to be the golden years. I should be you know, enjoying my children, watching them grow up. And instead, I have anxiety going to this place where, you know, I'm. meanwhile, I could work from home. We did it all during COVID, but because somebody decided you have to be in the office a certain amount of days, you know, they're forcing me to be around people that clearly don't like me, and <laughs> don't have respect for my values. And, you know, likewise to a lot of them. So um, yeah, that just kind of brought me from like one end of the spectrum to the complete opposite. Wow. (laughs) And you look at it and you're like, it's just not worth it. What's really important is at home. And that's what matters. And that's where you want to like nourish what we have here. Because that's what is going to be important when we're on our deathbeds. You know, the the legacy that we left behind, the memories, our children, they're going to think of their childhood. You know, not to say that there aren't some good schools out there, and there's definitely wonderful teachers out there, but they are um, constrained by the government, the government's hand that's been put into everything. And I just released an episode um, that was all about the history of education. Mm. And when you really get into how the Rockefellers infiltrated our education system to create the obedient worker instead of the independent thinker it's uh really gets you kind of like well i know i don't want my children to fall prey to that wow wow yeah i actually read a book and um i don't know why i picked up this book it was a scientist 
Um, and I picked it up and read his, his life story. I'm trying to remember his name now. It's a really funky name. Um, and I haven't read it for 20 years. But he helped develop the atom bomb. And he was on um, the board of national education to pick curriculums for the country. And he explains in there exactly what the process was to pick these curriculums for the schools. And it was disgusting. It was about who bribed who the most. It was about who could get what. He said he would read these curriculums and be disgusted by what was in them, but they were getting picked because of who had the most money where. And by the time I was done reading his autobiography, I was like, I can't, I don't want my kids touching curriculums on these book curriculums that the schools were putting out. Hearing how they became the curriculum was like, you got to be kidding me. And that was finally Mm -hmm. actually what I think finally made me go, okay, we can do better than this. So yeah, I wanted my kids to think freely. I want them to be critical of, you know, in a positive way, (laughs) of everything that they're being taught and ask, is this true? To recognize Mm -hmm. truth and error. And it's a battle, even as homeschooling, to teach your children how to trust that inner gut feeling and go, okay, you just heard something. Did that feel true? No? Okay, then we're leaving it alone. We've done that a lot. In we've had curriculums, we've had books that we've gone, something's not right. And we, okay, then we're going to move it aside and find something that feels right. So yeah, there's a lot of crap out there and it's hard to know what is good. Even in the homeschool yes. world, there's, and that's, there's a lot of people trying to make money off homeschoolers and their stuff's not great. Yeah. It's teaching them discernment. And I think that's a yes. big big goal of the homeschool parent, teaching our child how to discern, does this person have good intentions or are they bought and sold by someone? And, you know, that's kind of how I am with the political spectrum now too. Even if you love a politician, doesn't mean they, they are probably bought or, um, manipulated somewhere along the line. Cause I don't yeah. think they get to that high of a position without having that. You know, there's just too many people with too much money in the world. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, I think that's been a, a, some, a realization of mine. And so what I want for my kids is kind of like you were talking about before with the survival skills. I want them to be able at 18, not only to have discernment, but to say, I can survive on my own. If there's no food on the grocery shelves, I can find food. I know how Mm. to hunt. I know how to start a fire without matches. I know how to find shelter, maybe sew some clothes or grow their food, Um, you know, take care of an animal, a cow to get milk. And then eventually, you know, if, if they had to eat it, that sort of stuff is in like one generation has just been lost. It's true. It's Sadly. So sad. Um is there anything else that you wanted to kind of touch base on before we let you go since we're running up on the hour here? I wasn't even paying attention to the time. Um just that, you know, in homeschooling, I think the most important thing to learn when you're a homeschool parent is number one, trust yourself. It we we spend so much time doubting ourselves. A mom has a natural ability to know what her child needs. And I think it's important to trust the gut and move on it, um, number one. Number two, you're not alone. We, are, we like to say in my homeschool village, we're alone in this together. Yes, I'm home alone oh. doing this, but there's always someone to reach out to to help me with whatever is the issue, whether it's how do I teach the child who refuses to learn or what's a great curriculum for. Um, we are alone in this together. Reach out to homeschoolers. Go to my homeschool village. Go to podcasts like yours. It's important to not be alone. The alone is all in your head. There's mm-hmm. millions of us willing to help. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally is, you know, God cares what our children are learning. And it's not just about what scripture they're reading. It's about them learning math and science. These are his laws. These are what he's doing. And he cares very much where our children are, where they're headed in life. But I've also learned to trust my child. You're talking about discernment. I don't teach. This took me a long time to learn. I didn't need to teach my children discernment. I needed to trust the discernment they were born with and not unteach it. Children have discernment. They know. A a two-year-old can go to a park and instantly stay away from the man who doesn't look right. And it's we as parents or or adults who go, no, 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 he's fine. No, 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 it's all right. You know, I remember being forced to hug people that creep me out as a kid. 
And I tell my kids, no, 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 we're going with your gut on this. And so we have to be careful to allow our children's discernment to run their lives and not unteach it. And if you do that and follow that, their education will be beautiful because they will know instinctively who they are, what they need, and what they need to learn. And they will lead you in homeschooling and you will have a lot less stress knowing that they really will lead that. That's a really hard thing to have faith in, but they really do. Oh, that was beautiful. Oh, thank I you. love that. Thank you so much for being here today. And for anyone that wants to check out My Homeschool Village, it's www.myhomeschoolvillage.com. And if you'd like to purchase any of the products, use the code HOW250, and that's H-O-W, the number is 250. And I'll put that in our show notes too. And thank you just so much for being here today. And, you know, yeah, thank you. I reached out to you um, to have you on the show, and you could have easily been like, who the heck is this? But you... <laughs> And and just like you were saying before, you want to help people out. You said, yes, I will come talk on your show. And that was just so kind because I'm sure you were very busy with all your kids and your business. So we really appreciate you coming on today. It was a pleasure. Well, thank you. It's an honor to be here. Yeah, it's been a qu- it's been a joy. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Homeschool How-To. If you've enjoyed what you heard, please consider helping me out by sharing this podcast with friends, with your homeschool community, and even to your favorite homeschool group Facebook page. As a new podcast, we're really trying to get our episodes out there so that we can keep going. Also, if you'd like to be a guest on the show and tell us about your homeschooling experience, email me at thehomeschoolhowto at gmail.com or visit thehomeschoolhowto.com and send me a message through Facebook or Instagram. Thank you for your time and for your love of the next generation. We'll see you next week.